This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlox. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Um, let me ask everybody here, have you had a good time so far today? How about that lunch? Was that not pretty spectacular? Well, I tell you what, technology is all around us, and there's technologies that lunch room also. We have to figure out what it is, how, you know, what, to, what to order and what to do. When you go to Walmart, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, guys, but we talked a little bit about supply and demand. If you go to Walmart and you scan something, they'll know immediately what it is. It triggers a, um, a system where they will reorder that particular thing so they'll know what's selling and what's not selling. And so the things that are selling, they'll make sure that they have a well-stocked things that are not, um, you know, that they, they'll just be selling that there at, at, uh, at Walmart. So technology touches us every day in, in everything that we do. I think one of the first things I'd like to ask the panel members is, what is it about technology that students tend to like about technology and, and why is that? And here we go from Texarkana. Go ahead. Um, thinking about technology and doing VEX in particular, any kind of robotics, whether you're IQ or you're on college level, it's just that you get the opportunity to get hands-on experience, touch all the wires, move all the tools, the screws, and you know, get on the computer and program the robot to do what you want to do. Um, let's say if you're doing video game design, for instance, you know, you're making games that you think will uh, entertain people, you know, or you make a robot that you think will win competition. Uh, just making something that will benefit your team or your organization or your country. Uh, so that's what makes robotics and any kind of really technology program, you know, useful. You know, that, that's, uh, that's really interesting because there's just so many different areas that, that technology can impact. And like you said, even things that would help your country. What, did, what were you thinking when you said that? Uh, Pull that mic real close, or closer to you. I was thinking about uh, the soldiers over war. Uh, they have robots, for instance, that can super mine to detect mines, uh, keep the soldiers safe. That sort of thing. 
Well, there's no doubt that uh, we live in a, in a world that's just changing all the time. Have you all noticed that uh, things are a little bit different today than they were even just a few years ago? It's true. Things are changing quite rapidly. Uh, let me ask. Let me ask one of you guys. What is it that uh, that you like about going to school at, at your school and you know, the use of technology in the classroom? What is it that you that you think of and, and that you like? Uh, it's just it, you, you, you learn more about the Um, 
Is technology can get to the point where it breaks down the core essence of pollution, you know, if it's a precious plastic bag or um, just some food being tossed out. Um, if we can just use things to break it apart and make it reusable. And I'm not just saying, you know, it's composting or uh, just putting it in a dump, just quite literally breaking it down into atoms and molecules before we get it something else. Absolutely. If, if um, what comes to mind is plastics and the recycle, you know how everybody, or hopefully we, some of us recycle the plastic stuff or uh, the cans. If you can recycle those and use that appropriately, not only does it take up less landfill, but you're reusing these uh, materials and you know having them instead of being wasteful, have them actually be productive. So that's a really good thing as well. I saw a hand up here earlier. Yes, ma'am. And, and you know, I saw a picture of the ocean, and speaking of the plastics, um, a lot of the fish are eating these little bitty plastic particles, and that is a bad thing, because then we end up eating some of that plastic stuff that's, uh, that's out there. So we have to really be careful to make sure that we do that. Your grandpa's a really smart person. Miss uh, Stacy, what can we do to expose our students in to this kind of proactive, kind of socially minded learning so that they can be thinking in terms of not only learning their concepts, but being kind of socially and uh, ecologically uh, receptive in, in the learning environment. Then we'll come back to you more. Well, it's our responsibility as teachers to expose these kids to all of this stuff to make them want to be responsible. I learned so much more from my students than I ever thought I would because they are conscious of what's going on. They do watch the news, whether you think they do or not, and it's a burden to them. So it's a res our responsibility to give them the opportunities to find the answers because my generation won't, but theirs will. Ms. Harris? I, uh, I also help oversee another group of entrepreneurs club, and uh, we were tasked at the end of the year to develop some type of business or some type of concept that could take the market. Well, one of the students that I have, she decided that she wanted to find a way to possibly feed the poor without actually having to you know, uh, create uh, more resources. So what she decided to do is she decided to use a database in which local businesses, restaurants, grocery stores, things like that, can uh, put in their information about when stuff may be expiring, maybe getting uh, to the point where they have to get rid of it. And this could be taken to homeless shelters. Now the thing is, is that whenever grocery stores get rid of food, it's not really bad. It has an expiration point on it, but the food is still good. So her concept was to take this idea, have a centralized location for it, and then uh, let the homeless shelters or, or the other groups that uh, uh, help, are helping to eliminate poverty to go there and then dispense uh, food out to those that are in need. That is so important, and, and um, I, I commend 
that just kind of thinking down in that area. Um, Ms. Allison, when, when you mentioned your introduction, you said you had a, you know, you taught a whole lot of different areas. Can, uh, can you share with us some of those areas that you think that might be beneficial that you would recommend that they get the skills here? So that way when we go to our next question with uh, uh, Dr. Ahmed in higher education, that they will have some of those foundational skills that they can use later, whether it be in, in college or in career. Of technology and life, basically. Uh, life skills, what we found out in, in my classes are when we do robotics, we're usually in a group or a team. Well, they figured out that they have to problem solve and they have to learn to work with each other. Because what is somebody's strong point may not, it may be somebody's weakness. So when they work together as a team, they get so much more accomplished and we know in life you're going to have to work with other people all the time who don't have the same skill sets as you, don't have the same interests as you, and things like that. But you have to come together at some point, and it really does help problem solving. Because you can get so tired of trying to figure out a code, and you can get it to your partner or your teammate, and they may say, oh, you missed this step right here. And you'll go, man, I didn't see that. And so it really, really helps, I think. When we work together, we accomplish so much more in life. Um, that's even as a population we do. So teamwork is such a problem solving, working things out together. Has anybody out here had any kind of projects where you have had to work as part of the team and to, uh, to accomplish something, maybe to get a grade or to come to some sort of task resolution? Can, can somebody give me an example of uh, would like to share of what you did and um, and then just tell us some of the things that we're saying here. Can you tell us what, what it is that you were working on and, and how you were part of a team and what y'all were, were doing? Uh, we were building a robot and there was four of us and we had to come up with what we wanted to do and like so we came up with our idea and then we had to like, like what two of us went and got Paper, paper towels, and a lot of stuff that we didn't really think we could use. 
and she gave us one tip was that triangle is the strongest shape. Um, and we were supposed to build a table that would be a dictionary. And so um, at first, we tried like all getting over each other and just like just building it together, but then finally we broke up into broke up into groups and some of us some of us put the paper towels together and some of them put it onto the paper. Were you all successful in the holding up a legal dictionary? Congratulations. That's pretty awesome. So there's a <laughs> that is fantastic. So there's a lot that goes on. Dr. Ahmed, you teach mechanical engineering among other things here. Yes. So what kinds of skills do these kids need to be concentrating on when they're in high school, junior high or high school, so that they can be successful when they get to your level so that they can do the things that you're asking them to do? So number one, what kinds of things do you ask them? And then, and then, what kinds of things could they be studying for now? The first thing I would say, math, math, and math. Okay, math and physics—they are the, the backbone of engineering. If you are very good in math and uh, physics and science, then you are very successful in engineering. Because a lot of our engineering courses—they are based on mathematics and physics. And um, if you are in engineering, you have to take calculus one to calculus three and differential equation. Uh, and then you also need to have um, basic understanding in programming and some of the things actually you're doing when you're you know, uh, building a robot and programming a robot, you are familiar with programming. So programming is also part of you know, engineering. And um, also the hands-on experience that you're getting through this you know, robotic activities, that's going to be very you know, beneficial uh, for some of the courses that you're going to be taking in, in engineering. For example, we have uh, uh, solid modeling and in a design and what do you do we uh, design something we design mechanical part and we you know uh, either we can use our machines like CNC machine or we can use the three printer and then make that part in, in reality we design that pad and then we uh, create that part through our 3D printer so those kind of things you're gonna be you know uh, doing through your engineering but um, you need to have basic understanding in math and you know science and uh, physics and the programming that you have been doing. So these are very you know very very useful. So someone back over here because uh, we haven't gone through back here, but on um, have any of you thought how engineering might be something that you would be interested in? Anybody have, have thought about that at all? or any kind of STEM, okay? Now, would you think of um, how robotics might help get you there? Would you care to, to comment on that, sir? One of the reasons I joined robotics was because one of, the, um, one of my career choices in the future involves stuff that we do in robotics, like coding, Now, coding is pretty interesting because once you build a robot, you got to make it do what you need it to do, right? And um, do you like the idea of doing that for a competition? Our team has one skill of competition. Where did you guys go? Nice. Nice. So, if you, let me, this is just for everybody. If you have the opportunity, to actually have a challenge and to participate in a competition against other kids uh, similar to you, 
Would you be willing to accept that challenge? Let me hear a voice. Yes? You know what? We need you to be accepting challenges like that. Because right now, we're in a crisis. Um, I was looking at some data just the other day, and what we saw was is that the United States is kind of in the middle of the pack. I forgot where we were. Where was that, Ms. Mandy? Where we were looking at that data? Oh, it was at the uh, faculty political. And the United States was not the top. It wasn't the bottom either, but it was somewhere in the middle of the pack where we need more students that are really honed in on science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And with uh, an opportunity to do some um, competition in a particular area, that would really be important. Gentry, I want to come back to you over here because I know you guys have, in the kind of the um, earlier stages of building your robotics uh, team, but what's the value of that for you personally, and, and how do you think that that will help impact the uh, your your school overall? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a lot of fun to. Uh, be the first like trailblazers you could say of some of a team you know the uh the idea is like you know taking you and saying hey you know join our robotics team and help us and uh we were glad to win rookie of the year at the best robotics uh competition congratulations that's pretty Thank cool you. and uh um, how many other teams were there uh, like wow so uh it's just a lot of fun you know, just to be the first to do something and just to build something from the ground up. Because you might not be the best or the champion just right off the bat, but, you know, it's just fun to uh, learn for yourself, not just learn from the top, just, you know, hands-on learning yourself. Uh, how about over here at St. James? You guys have uh, missed the entire team over at St. James is really strong. Do you feel like uh, that by participating in events such as the robotics that that actually helps you in your regular classroom like a regular english and math and science um it teaches us about how to use everything and how um and how to work in groups and teaches how to use like for coding I'll say something for an example. Miss Kirkland taught me that you should go from the bottom up, like I was fixing my vector robot, and something was wrong with it. And we started from the smallest piece to the biggest, so it wouldn't miss anything. And I said that can help you in like math and other subjects. Start from the smallest problem and go to the biggest. I love that. That's really good advice. Thank you, Miss Kirkland. That's uh, good advice for me too. Care to comment on that too, sir? It really helps in other subjects when you're coding, for instance. If you're coding in Python, you can you can teach, you can code your homework even. So multiplication, uh, division, or advanced steps. So you could type in a couple of variables, and computer would have your answers like a calculator would. But you know, it would be something that a calculator would be able to give you. Very nice. Okay, so we're down to just a few more minutes left. I want to take some of your questions that you might have from the uh, from the audience on anything that we've touched on or something that we haven't touched on 
that you would like to know more about. You have a wealth of information right here in this room. I always like thinking that we don't have to go somewhere to find solutions. If we just turn to our neighbors or we turn to our teachers or administrators, our parents, is that they can help us a great deal. So anybody have any burning questions in the realm of, uh, of technology or education or higher ed, for that matter? It's not everybody all at once, so that's something. All right, let me ask this from our STEM specialists, uh, our science person over here, because I don't think she's ever met a microphone she did not like, and that's Miss <laughs> Susan Johnson. Ms. Susan Johnson, I know you have a love for the natural sciences. There's no doubt about that. But can you tell us a little bit about how important it is when we use technology, we generate a lot of data, but can you tell us how important it is to look at this data and how that can apply to um, learning when they're generating their own data and for things like the ACT and just general understanding and um, and just share a little bit of your perspective on that. Um, technology and data, it's all important in the natural sciences. Um, in fact, we have uh, program here at SAU. We have a PhD here at uh, SAU that's a, uh, his doctorate is in bioinformatics and that's where they use computers to analyze DNA, to sequence DNA and to analyze DNA so you can study um, everything. In fact, there's so much information out there right now on DNA that geneticists can't study it fast enough. We actually need in the natural science Armchair, or what they say, armchair uh, football football players, right? They you watch football all the time. We need armchair geneticists. We need people sitting around that know how to uh, read these codes and find out about these biological organisms uh, based on their DNA. So technology is a vital part, and we don't even get into the medical profession with um, scanning technologies, whether it's a CAT scan or an MRI or things like that. Technology is vitally important. Uh, preparing, uh, using robotics and these kind of programs that we see here today to help with the ACT uh, and analyzing data. The science portion of the ACT test is not science fact, it's science reasoning. And so it's analyzing data, solving problems, looking at somebody else's data and how they solved the problem, how they conducted an experiment and analyzing that. And the fact that you solve problems all the time in your robotics class, when you read how somebody else did it, it can't do anything but help with that. Thank you so much for that, because clearly, I think one of the last things that we'll end up with is that you guys are at the point where you're gonna be taking your ACTs here. If you make it 19 or above, you start getting credit immediately from your, uh, you know, from most universities. If you have uh, an 18 or less, you're gonna have to pay for remedial courses that won't even count towards your degree. So it's really important that you get the foundational knowledge. Then you get a, you start getting a break at 25 for scholarships, and then another big chunk when you get to 30, and then I think it's uh, 34, and then of course, a little bit beyond that. So um, it, all this information that we're having here, the robotics, the coding, 
um, all the STEM activities, um, the ACT, all of these are really important. And all the things that you're doing right now today, I think can help you uh, be successful. So thank you very much for, uh, for coming today. Can we give a big round of applause for our There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.